Já viu rico namorar pobre? Hello, everyone. Welcome to your favorite podcast, Say Lati. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Amanda Young, and I have my two beautiful co hosts with me. Howdy. Pensacola Let's... Hall here. <laughs> I'm so glad you're finally embracing that moniker. Um, sexy Sherry here. Um, yeah, not that's sexy either. Sherry. That's not. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Nah, I meant to say Shark just. <laughs> sexy no. Sherry is just. <laughs> fucking hilarious that's what what you called me last week so i decided to embrace it amanda um i will go ahead and just make this a disclaimer across the board i don't normally sound like a chain smoker but i am battling a summer cold right now so um keep me in your thoughts and prayers because i also have a pimple on my chin so it's a really rough week for me i'm taking a hit um my ego is crushed at this point and I was coughing in Trader Joe's and everyone was staring at me because they thought I had COVID. So full disclaimer, I can see Amanda and I do not see a single pimple on her face. So it's not. Tell us where the pimple is. No. Well, if you can't see it, I'm not going to let you know where it is. Okay. It's also a little bit pixelated. So, you know, take it for damn Shane. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) I should just do this. Stop. (laughs) Come back. (laughs) She just cut out the video, you guys. <laughs> and now it's black. Okay, now well, it's back. Um, we're going to just jump right in and start. Um, because, you know, we be small talking way too much. And then when I'm on the in the editing room, I have so much bullshit on the cutting room floor. And it just takes me all fucking day. So let's just jump right the fuck in. What media have y'all been consuming this week? So, uh, for anyone who follows the Instagram, we've started a new thing uh, where I'm going to take over the Instagram on Mondays. We're going to be doing Media Mondays. And so that can be, you'll get a little quick little teaser for stuff for that week that I plan on talking about, whether it's music, movies, video games, books, whatever it might be. Um, And this week, I wanted to bring up The Green Knight, which is David Lowry's new... um, Arthurian epic uh, from A24. And I saw that last weekend and it is absolutely brilliant. Like I, for anyone who's like a bit of a poetry nerd, like Arthurian poetry tends to have, I'm going to be on a bit of a high horse for a second because there's no way to talk about it without being up here. But Not you on a high horse. Not this. Bitch. Not this. You don't have, get off your saddle. We do not you want you on a high horse. Here. Oh, I guess it works for high tea, honey. Okay, we'll take it. Kind of. So a little high tea horse. Um, So basically, uh, when it comes to like stuff centering on like King Arthur and Camelot and all that, it tends to be the media that comes out of it tends to be very linear and not the best. They tend to just be like very, you know, like B-level action movies that are like, maybe delving a little bit into fantasy, but they're mostly war flicks. Um, But the stories that they come from and the poetry that they come from tend to be very heavy in um, themes more so than plot. So like themes of like chivalry and romance and uh, honor. And they tend to like tell these stories through a very poetic nonlinear lens. Um, so the green knight is based on one of the most like well-known Arthurian, uh, stories about the green knight. Um, and basically this is the first movie TV show, whatever you might even say about like King Arthur type stuff that truly feels like watching a poem come to life on screen, the way it's shot the way that it's performed the way that it's written everything about it just feels so heightened and so just like spectacular in scope and it it's so beautiful like it's such a like beautiful experience and in the way that you know like with poetry you tend to like 
it, whenever, you know, throwing it back to like high school English class and shit, where like, you're going to go back and you're going to continue to like study different verses and you're going to continue to like revisit the poem. This movie is the same kind of way. Like you could revisit, revisit this movie so many times and you will find new stuff each time. And the performance is a great. Def Patel's amazing. David Lowry, if you haven't checked out his other stuff, A Ghost Story, uh, Ain't Them Body Saints. And then he also did The Green Dragon, which was okay. But the other two, fantastic stuff. This director is amazing. A24 gives it their little signature spin. Um, I highly recommend it. I had an absolute blast with it. I mean, I know that you're a thought for A24. So I do not expect anything but you singing A24's praises on any project. I will watch oh, it, though, always. because I, too, love A24. They just provide such a good plat- uh, like platform for artists in indie cinema. But that's mine. Uh, so check it out. Give it a shot. Um, and if you feel like sharing, let us know what you think in the Instagram DM us. Uh, Amanda, what you got? So mine is also very artistic. And I'm going to hop on my um, high tea horse as well. Um, because, you know, we're just a bunch of brainiacs here on the show. So mine is honestly one that you don't want to miss. It's very high level thinking. It's really going to have you working your brain. Um, it's a new show on HBO max, um, called F boy Island. And it's a reality TV show. <laughs> it is, oh, it is the trashiest <laughs> show that I think I've ever seen in my life. The premise of the show is honestly ridiculous. So I'll break it down for you guys. Basically, there are a group of, I think, 24 men that are on this tropical island. And half of them are self-proclaimed good guys, and half of them are self-proclaimed fuckboys. And basically, there are three girls who are, like, the contestants that these men are vying for their love. And, of course, they win a couple, couple bucks if they end up being one of the chosen winners as well. Basically, these girls have to decide who the nice guys are and who the fuck boys are. And at the end of the show, they leave with one of these men. And then it is re- revealed to them at the end, whether they are a fuck boy or a nice guy. This show is fucking stupid as fuck. But when I tell you, I enjoyed every second of it because it, okay. I have so many things that are wrong with it. It has the recipe for like problem. It's a perfect recipe for problematic television. If you really think about it, the premise alone is like, how is this even something that exists on television? It's absolutely ludicrous. But my problem is they are setting this up like it's all of these girls who are looking for these nice guys. But when you see the girls, you're like, okay, but this is literally as Kate put it all basically the same brand of like Instagram thought. And none of these girls are looking for a fucking good guy. So the show is already like in the trash can. They've lost all credibility. The guys themselves, half of which are friggin' ugly. And they're like, yeah, I'm a regular F boy. I'm like, sir, in order to be, an F-boy, you have to be attractive. I think that's literally the first step to getting there. If you haven't had sex since you lost your virginity in the ninth grade, that does not make you an F-boy. Oh my God. And that's all I'm going to say. Definitely check it out because it is very entertaining. You guys know I love trashy TV and this is the trashiest of the trashiest. And um, I also just want to go ahead and set myself up for what will probably be my next week's um, media recommendation. But Netflix's new TV show, Sexy Beasts, is releasing this week. I cannot wait to see it. If you haven't seen the trailer, it's absolutely bananas. Basically, they make these people wear ridiculous prosthetics and costumes and date each other so it's like a fucking alien dating a chicken and they're in like regular life think the masked singer and the bachelor together it is fucking wild and they're literally in a restaurant with regular people staring at them like they're crazy while they're in these wild costumes and the premise of the show basically i guess is for them to find love regardless of what these people look like can't wait to see it i'll 100% report back with my findings. FY Island, if you like trashy TV, you definitely got to give it a, a watch. Amanda, that's actually so funny because after we read me for filth last week for not really knowing much about reality TV, I randomly threw on Fuckboy Island this week when I was working and I meant to text you about it because I remember being like, what in the fuck? <laughs> but am I lying? It's so no, fucking terrible, but also everything amazing. Everything is perfect. <laughs> 
It's amazing. Is it my turn? Yeah, Shaq Shay. Yeah, Shaq Shay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so my media recommendation this week is Outer Banks season two. It has been released. Um, so Shane actually auditioned for this show. We actually did. Um, we recorded an audition for him to be on the second season. So I want to see who who filled all the roles because yeah. Anyway, it wasn't so- me. <laughs> Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, I actually started watching Outer Banks to um, research how to do the audition for Shane. So I really enjoy that show. If you have not seen it, it's based in South Carolina in the Outer Banks. And that's like this marshy, swampy area. It's a treasure hunt. Um, with a bunch of teenagers. So it takes me back to like teen wolf gossip girl, but we're hunting for treasure. It's actually fairly interesting. So I'm excited to see what they do. I'm, I think the whole season's out. So I'm going to binge watch it tonight. That's my media recommendation. I honestly love a teen drama. Call me a trash box, but I love that shit. Riverdale. I was eating that shit up. Outer Banks I like. I don't know if you guys saw Cruel Summer that came out a couple months ago. Loved that shit too. Something about a trashy teen drama is so entertaining because I think it's like reality TV. You don't have to pay too much attention because the plot is like very easy to follow, but it's entertaining. I can like, you know, be shaving my legs as I'm watching the show. Or honestly, I could fall asleep, let the show watch me, pick it up two episodes later. I know whatever the fuck's going on. That's my (laughs) type of TV. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, that's never happened to you before Shane you know what I'm talking about no it happens to me all the time and then I wake up where Netflix is going are you still watching this I'm like no like, I'm about four episodes behind at this point <laughs> right I'm done oh. I've finished okay cool well we can just go ahead and hop into what is happening now um, um full disclosure I'm a problematic person because it is the Olympics <laughs> and um I know that I shouldn't like the Olympics because they displace all of these like poor people. It's always horrible for the countries that they're hosted in, especially this year in the middle of a pandemic Lovato, as Shane likes to call it. And, you know, we're still having the damn Olympics, people coming from all over the fucking world to spread each other's germs. I understand the controversy. I still like it. Okay. I, I'm not a perfect person, although I try every day. Um, my favorite person that I could not wait to see perform on the world stage was none other than Simone Biles. And I'm not going to lie. I was honestly heartbroken when I heard that she had withdrawn from the all around because honestly, I knew that she was going to sweep that category. I knew she was going to take home the gold and it was just a really sad situation. But I think what made me most sad is the fact that the reason for her withdrawal wasn't physical. It was what she said was were mental health reasons. And I just thought like, wow, imagine how bad the situation had to be for an athlete who's been training for this her entire life to say, you know, I don't think I can do this. Like I am not in the right headspace. So I don't know. That was like, I feel like a shock to the world. And people had a lot of interesting opinions when it came to her decision. Like, what did you all think about all that? I honestly, truth be told, I don't really have a ton to say on this topic because I completely agree with where she's coming from. And seeing the news come out, like, while being disappointed that we're not going to get to see, you know, the gymnast who literally had moves disqualified because nobody else could do them. Like uh, to see her like, you know, have to remove herself for mental health reasons. I have so much respect for that because I think that athletes tend to be left out a lot of the, of the mental health talks. And I think they're expected to come in to perform and to make their, uh, you know, make their money and, that's kind of, especially on the world stage on something like the Olympics. And so for me, like I only saw, I'll be honest, I only saw one comment about negativity towards it. And people were like, she ought to have to pay her dues back and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I guarantee you, you can guess exactly what this woman on Facebook looked like. Crusty old white woman who has never Whose played name a sport was Tammy. in her life. Um, Brenda. 
Very close. Oh, very close. Um, and so my thing is like people who are criticizing it, I don't think have any idea what Simone Biles is going through. None of us have any idea what Simone Biles is going through because it's not our experience. It's her experience. And for her to pull herself out because she feels like she needs to take time for herself and her mental health, I think is incredibly admirable. And I think it's something that I hope we continue to see um, athletes act on. And I hope it's something that we continue to see people respect. Simone, very interesting. I heard that her aunt passed away right before the Olympics, which is part of the reason she had those mental health issues. Her coach revealed that information. I don't think she wanted the world to know that, but great. I think good for her. I mean, you're the greatest gymnast ever. You, um, what's that tennis player's name? Why is this escaping me right now? She lit the damn fire Naomi thing. Osaka? Thank you, Naomi Osaka. Like, they are revolutionizing what it's like to be an athlete in 2021. And I love that for them. Uh, the funniest and most hypocritical criticism that I saw was from that tennis player. I'm going to murder this name. I'm sorry. Um, his name is Novak Djokovic. And he was like, he said about Simone Novak Biles. Novak Djokovic. Djokovic? I think. Is it Djokovic? Okay. I don't know this language. It starts with a D. I'm going to take your word for it. Um, he said, basically, you have to perform under pressure or some crap like that. And this man, when he lost a damn tennis match, decided to throw his racket. He broke it. And <laughs> it was a complete mess. Like, after... What else did he do? He... Yeah, he basically threw a tantrum when he lost his tennis match. That was so embarrassing for him. While Simone Biles is graciously taking the fact that she cannot perform. Well, another person who had a lot to say, I'm sure you're not surprised, is none other than Satan's child, Candace Owens. You know, she had a fuck ton to say because she cannot keep her fucking mouth shut and has to insert herself (laughs) into everybody's conversation, especially when it's something to do with black people because she loves to speak out against black people. It's her favorite hobby. I swear. She has more to say about black people than the Grand Wizard of the KKK. I'm like, bitch, aren't you black? I mean, it really gets me every single time because I'm like, she's got me tricked. I'm like, is this bitch not black? Like, I'm pretty sure she is. Every time I'm so confused. I'm like, maybe she was adopted and like, doesn't know. Like, I full on have a lot of questions for her. But if you didn't see it, although I don't like giving this bitch any airtime, basically, she said... Simone Biles just said sitting out the big competition shows how strong you really are. That's like saying soldiers who run away from battle are courageous. Cowardice is not courage. Weakness is not strength. Great, great athletes understand this. Girl, what the hell? First of all, Simone Biles doing a couple flips to represent the United States is not the same thing as being some type of like military person at war. That is not the same thing, girl. Mama, that's giving me the same energy as Donald Trump talking shit about Senator John McCain yes. being a prisoner of war. It's giving me the same fucking energy as that. Yes. Like, and like, honestly, I have so much that I can say about that because that comparison is totally wrong. And she literally, without even knowing it, basically like downplayed the importance of like, I don't know, our armed forces with her tweet because her comparing the work that people in the military do to what, what Simone Biles is doing literally for our entertainment is absolutely fucking ridiculous. And for someone who calls herself a patriot, that was wrong. And I want to see Donald Trump supporters up in arms about that because that shit didn't make any fucking sense. And also, gymnastics is not like, I don't know, fucking basketball or football. Like you can kill yourself. If you're not in the right headspace, you can literally do the wrong flip, land on your neck and be paralyzed from the fucking neck down. This is not the type of sport where you're just taking chances with your ability to perform. Like you just that can't. actually she could happened. be injured forever. That happened to a gymnast whose foot was broken during, I want to say the 1988 Olympics. It's Carrie something. I can't remember her last mm-hmm. name. Yeah. It's Sorry. just to me, 
really unacceptable the way that people are demanding for Simone Biles to perform for them. I think it's absolutely sick. It's really unfortunate. And I'm glad that she stood her ground and said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not killing myself for you people. And I hope those people feel badly because it was revealed this week that her aunt actually really suddenly and tragically died while she was in Tokyo for the Olympics. So I would reckon that had a lot to do with why she wasn't in the right mental headspace to do this. And if I were Simone Biles, fuck that. You know how many endorsements she has? You know how much money she has? The fuck am I doing this shit for? And now she gets to say, I'm a human being who exists outside of my sport. I think that's something that a lot of athletes struggle with because a lot of people don't ever get that validation, you know? Nobody ever takes the time to actually look into these athletes like in their personal lives and who they are as people. And like for someone like Simone Biles, as young as she is, for her to say like, you know what? Exactly like you said, I'm not in the mental headspace to do these dangerous fucking acts on the Olympics that really just don't matter. So like I'm going to cont- I'm going to nurse myself and I'll be back next time. Like <laughs> people are disgusting. Including me, because I'm literally blowing my nose right into the camera for you guys. Like, <laughs> I wish you guys could see the video, because I'm giving Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer right now. It's actually, it's actually low-key a vibe. It's natural shading and coloring. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. We are back. And just so everyone knows, in that short mm, 22 minutes that we were recording, uh, I think I mentioned last episode, I got a puppy. Yeah, um, follow her on Instagram, at badgaldotty, shameless plug. But I really shouldn't have named her that because they say thoughts become things and she's fucking bad as hell. Like, it's so annoying. (laughs) I was sitting here recording and I could hear her doing some shit. I don't know what she was doing, but you know, when you just Shane, I know you know this because you have a dog. You just hear your dog either being too quiet for too long. You hear them just like quietly ruffling. And you're like, I know this is some bullshit during the break. I went up to get her food, put her little food down so she could leave me the hell alone. I look, she pissed on my rug, dragged it through the room, ripped it to fucking shreds. Then she went in my fucking bathroom got some tissues for me blowing my nose my sick ass was fucking ripping those to shred probably eating my boogers up and shit then (laughs) she's fucking literally eating my sheets to shreds like destroying my sheets like why are you doing this to me this morning i woke up and said dotty please be a good girl mommy's not feeling well and she looked me in the eye and said game on and she just fucking ruined my day okay i thought you were gonna say bro like she looked at me and said (laughs) and then fucked you up she looked at me and said oh no do you guys guys know where that's from (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I I have to tell you guys why I even said that so I was in California this weekend and my good friend and friend of the pod Dan Suarez it was his double quince and that's why I was there and he actually we were talking about the sims and he brought that up and I swear I laughed for 30 minutes (laughs) I still play the sims and oh my god that was a great reference to me it's so hilarious anyway Socializing. I know exactly what you're fucking yes, talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Anywho, <laughs> she doesn't give a flying fuck. And now after this, I'm going to have to clean my room and get fucking booger tissues off of my carpet. So great. Anyway, whatever. Enough about that. Something we can talk about is actually one of my favorite things to discuss because I am a bitter bitch. And that is nepotism. I wish <laughs> that I had some... I would love it if I got an entire career off of nepotism. I would not give a shit if people talk shit about me and said I only got it because my daddy, da 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 I don't care, bitch. I don't give a fuck because I'm here and you're there. That's what I want for myself. But Yeah, let me read these <laughs> tweets while I'm checking my bank account. Right. Literally. Let me read these tweets as I'm counting my fucking dollar bills on my private jet. Like, girl, don't play with me. Play with your pussy. Anyway... <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Anywho, 
One thing we're not going to do, though, is act like nepotism does not exist because that really pisses me off. And no one likes to do this more than people who are products of nepotism. This happened just the other day. I want to say it was maybe like three or four days ago. So over the weekend, uh, Franklin Leonard, um, who is the founder of The Blacklist, Basically, he saw a tweet announcing Hopper Penn, relation to Sean Penn, being cast in this short film that is being directed by Steven Spielberg and written by... uh, No, wait, hold on. Pause. Let me run that back. Steven Spielberg's not directing it. His daughter, with a very interesting name, Destry Spielberg, is the director. And the project was written by none other than Stephen King's son, Owen King. Um, And, you know... Franklin Leonard had not much to say about this, but what he had to say was right on the money. He said, Hollywood's a meritocracy, right? I see no problems with that. I like some nice sarcastic tweeting. I think it works. Twitter's the perfect avenue for that. Well, I guess what he tweeted struck a chord with Ben Stiller. You were not familiar with Ben Stiller. He is the famous comedian Jerry Stiller's son. Um, If you were unaware, I guess... I don't know. This rubbed him the wrong way. He basically goes into a Twitter tirade where him and Franklin Leonard are arguing with each other about whether or not meritocracy exists in Hollywood. I find Ben Stiller's defense of Hollywood being a meritocracy completely off color, not even off color. Like, what do you call it when someone's just living in a different on a different fucking planet? Like someone who doesn't, it's like Candace Owens. She's black and she doesn't know she's black. That's like literally the same thing that's happening with Ben Stiller. Like you're tweeting in defense of the meritocracy in Hollywood when your father was literally a famous comedian and that's how you became an actor. It's giving me Megan McCann. And it's just like, I don't really love it. I think that Ben Stiller, uh, one, needs to take it back to the night guard and night at the museum and go back to that job because Me. listen, miss, miss me, miss me with that bullshit. You're not going to come I'm in not here and act at like the that museum. was a good movie. Hold on. I love that movie. I love that movie too. Listen, did I Robin Williams the is amazing. Did no, I shit on night at the museum? I didn't shit on no, night at the museum. No. It's entertaining. <laughs> he needs to start guarding the museum instead of guarding Hollywood from criticism. Because let, if you want to talk about a meritocracy, I guarantee you getting the night guard job at at the museum is not nepotism. So if you want to talk about meritocracy, go back and do that, revive it, do whatever the hell you want. Miss me with that bullshit. There is literally no way to deny nepotism in Hollywood. And like, I believe like Ben Stiller basically like wrote back and was like, uh, like, don't shit on these people like who have worked really hard to get where they are. Like it's, you know, Hollywood is for everybody and blah, 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 blah. And, like, that's one of those things that's, like, very nice. Rose-colored lenses. Like, yeah, sure. That's how it should be. That's how they like to mar- broadcast it. It's like, oh, yeah, you can be anybody and make it in Hollywood. You just have to have the drive and the talent. Um, okay. It also sincerely helps whenever you have connections within the industry, whether it's money uh, and family. Because this whole thing was like, oh, it people who are not talented and don't have that drive and talent don't make it in Hollywood, regardless of if they have like the nepotism or not for their first big gig. And like but the problem, who's going to tell him? Uh, yeah. I mean, Twitter told him. True. Twitter sure did. Franklin Leonard told the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah. And did it in a very professional way. And like, the thing is like, just to, you know, no shade, but to just give an example of like how, what Ben Sir said is not necessarily true. Please, can we please look at Dakota Johnson? Dakota Johnson, she's booked, she books a big major Hollywood film and all of a sudden she's in everything, even though she's not good. But it's because like nepotism no, tends to get she people. Was, she was good one time when she called out Ellen on her show for inviting her. Right. And that <laughs> that was, was a great that performance. Was a, that was a good moment. That was a good <laughs> moment. But that was Dakota Johnson being Dakota Johnson. Not Dakota Fact. Johnson getting <laughs> spanked and calling that BDSM. Um, so, <laughs> like, I just don't. I, nepotism tends to give people big roles in high profile films, and it doesn't matter if they're good or not because they're going to continue to book because they made a shit ton of money for that that studio. Like, yeah, I also 
take issue with this narrative that just because we acknowledge nepotism, we're saying these people don't work hard. That's not true. No one said these people don't work hard. I'm sure that Desi Spielberg had to work really hard to make her short film, but she didn't have to work as hard as someone who didn't have nepotism. And that is the conversation right there. That doesn't mean she didn't have her fair set set of challenges, but I can guarantee you those challenges were not as plentiful as someone who has to navigate this business without any of those connections. Let's say that it's not even about the connections. Let's say it's simply about knowledge, just knowledge of the industry. Let's say that Steven Spielberg was someone who did a couple of films and we never heard from him again. He at least knows inside information about the industry that the rest of us would not know. And we would be Mm. remiss to say that access is, does not offer you something that those without access do not get. And it's just frustrating how people immediately jump to, well, you can't discredit them just because their dad is a famous actor. I'm not discrediting them. I never said that they weren't talented at what they did. I love Anne Hathaway. I think she's a fantastic actress. Both of her parents are actors. Okay. I love Jane Fonda. Her dad is a famous actor. She's a great actress. I'm not saying that they're not good at what they do. All I'm saying is they were getting given a different set of circumstances that allowed for them to be successful. And that is it. Um, I want... Ben Stiller to lean into him being famous the way Tracy Ellis Ross has, the way Charlie yep. Sheen has. He's like, bitch, yep. I'm the highest. Well, before he went Tiger Blood and shit and winning, hashtag winning, he was like, I'm the highest paid actor on TV and it's because of my dad. It is what it is. Tracy Ellis Ross is like, my mom's Diana Ross. I'm in this bitch. Like, just do that. It's fine. It's okay. The Kardashians do the same shit. Because what happens when you don't do it is you're perpetuating a false narrative that I did it so anybody can do it. And that's really discouraging for people who don't have that same set of advantages because you're looking at people you don't even know have nepotistic like lines of access. And you're like, what the heck? This girl was able to do it. Like, who am I thinking of? Oh, the girl from Stranger Things. I remember thinking like, wow, I've never seen this girl before. Millie and Bobby Brown. Booked- Millie Bobby Brown. No. No, I've never seen this girl before, and she books Stranger Things. That's amazing. I look her up. She oh, I I know who you're talking about. The teenager. I didn't want to say her name before, but her name is Maya Hawk. She is the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. Yeah. You can only book a show like Stranger Things without any real credits if your mom is Uma Thurman and your dad is Ethan Hawk. That's all I'm saying. Well, because there's also like, uh, you know, there's no denying that that talent is important in the industry and to get jobs in the industry. It definitely is. However, I would not hesitate to say that I think probably the most important thing to have and what everyone strives to do throughout their career is to build connections and expand their network. And whenever you are born into the network itself you automatically get the foot in the door. You automatically get the meeting with the casting director. You automatically, you might even bypass the casting director and go straight to the director. And the director's like, hey, I want this person for my film. Like, talented people do not get seen every single day. Talented people who are more right for the role that they were going up for and that they wanted than the person who got it. And like, it's not diminishing the person who got it. It's not diminishing their talent. It is saying they were given a bit of a boost. They were given an extra little leg up. And like, that's all it takes. Just acknowledge it. I know for me, I've said this constantly. I can't wait to have some kids and give them a little bit of nepotism. My friends, if I'm eating, you're eating nepotism for everybody because I see that Hollywood does not exist without it. So this idea that Hollywood is a meritocracy is just false. Every single person has some type of line to nepotism and it's crazy like i think about lena dunham right and when people were calling her out for being like a child of nepotism she was like well my mom's not famous my parents aren't famous like i'm not a child of nepotism it's like but girl your mom is an artist who was rubbing elbows with all of the people in the industry and that's how you were able to get things that the rest of us can't get and that's okay. That's fine. It's okay to say I was given an easier pathway. 
girl, everybody wants to take the easier path. Why are we taking a more difficult path to get to yeah, where we want to go? It. Just admit it. Embrace it. Be happy, thankful, and move on. You know what's... I'm going to bring this up again. Nepotism becomes pretty laughable when you're trying to apply for college and your name is Aunt Becky and Felicity Huffman and you still have to Aunt pay Becky with that good <laughs> hair Yo, for your kids to cheat and Sarah, it doesn't you're work. You're onto something. Those GPAs must have been negative five Woo! because all you needed to do was say I'm Aunt Becky's daughter and that should have been it. It's not like they were trying right. to go to Harvard. Like, oh hell no. And her dad is Massimo. Like, what happened there? Was not she in school at all? To get into a state school with some oh. nepotism. That's weird. That's embarrassing. <laughs> and you know what? Olivia Jade to this day, remember she went on Red Table Talk to talk about it? To this day is so fucking embarrassed because we all know now that she did not have anything to get into that state school. And that's what's so embarrassing. I Ooh, could not agree I, more. I do Speaking not want to be in that position. Talk, someone who was a shining example of when nepotism works, Willow. Willow, Willow. Smith is a bad bitch. Yes, and we would not have Willow Smith without Jada and Will. And thank you for that. I'm happy that she had some nepotism because now we get to see her shine. Anyway, I think we honestly talked about this to death. If you know me, like me, and want to give me something simply because of the fact that I make you laugh, I am not above it. I am shamelessly looking for some nepotism. Call me, beat me, <laughs> help me, because it's really hard out here without it, and I just hate it. It's just, like, ghetto and not fun. It's like... Now you're crying. It's a, uh, mm. I don't want to audition for bread commercials anymore. Yes, you do. That shit will make you a lot of money. Fine. I do want to audition for them, but I want to book other things, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to be back with a new segment, which is very exciting. We'll be back. And we're back. Hope you got yourself a little cocktail, maybe a glass of wine. If you're driving while listening to this, none of the above. Um, But we thought season three, you know, we got to keep things fresh, keep them interesting. And we thought, you know, we did royalty for a full season and you guys loved it so much that you want us to bring it back. And we have. But we thought, what other segments can we do? What are some other interesting, fun, spicy topics that we can discuss in that final segment of every episode? And I'm excited to announce that today's segment is sexuality. And we will be discussing all things sexuality related. And I'm excited for this because it's a topic that I think we can talk about in many different ways. It can be about relationships. It could be about really important topics that we just really need to be considering. And I think it's going to be great. I'm excited to see where this can go. So Sherry was actually the inspiration for this segment. So without further ado, Sherry, I'm just going to let you take it away, girl. That's why they call me, what's the name? Shexy Sherry. Shexy Sherry. Sherry. I can't. I can't. <laughs> With the sexuality, okay? I'm ready. Okay. Actually, this segment is inspired because I've been seeing a lot of reports about queer baiting, which I didn't know was a term. It started around last month. It's so queer baiting. This is what dictionary.com says refers to a practice of implying non heterosexual relationships or attraction, i.e., in a TV show or a marketing campaign to engage or attract an LGBTQ plus audience or otherwise generate interest without ever actually depicting such relationships or sexual interactions. A lot of celebrities have been. I corn not that's not the word I want have been accused of queer baiting in the past year I want to say we have people like most recently Billie Eilish she released a music video where she's having a sleepover with a bunch of girls and in the music video she goes I love girls and everyone's like in her DMs bitch are you gay are you coming out like what's up and she literally has not responded 
you can also accuse Katy Perry of starting that shit with I kissed a girl and I liked it and is now married to Orlando Bloom. Okay. Other um, examples of queer baiting. Let's look at Priyanka Chopra's husband. His name is Nick Jonas. Um, He has been accused of queer baiting for a long time because he'll post like thirst traps knowing that the LGBTQ plus community loves well I mean I love seeing Nick Jonas and his thirst traps as well but he gets a huge response from the LGBTQ plus community and he never acts on any of that and the fans have come back and been like bitch what are you up to like why are you doing this you are a married man you don't have to do this anymore, which I completely, I completely understand that argument. It is a little thirsty. You already are famous. Like, w- what are you doing this for? Like, what are you implying? Another version of queer baiting is, you might have guessed it, because we kind of ta- touched on it last week. Luca, Luca, the new Pixar movie. When asked, there was um, an article in out.com asking the director if he intentionally made this a queer movie. And he said, no, the fuck? So many people from the LGBTQ plus community have come out saying that they really enjoy seeing that type of movie on screen because it helped them relate to mainstream media. Because as we know, most relationships that are depicted in cartoons or on TV at all are heterosexual relationships. This motherfucker came out no pun intended, and said that Luca was intended to be about friendships only before sexuality became into a young boy's sphere. Bitch, if you've seen that movie, you can ascertain that this is an LGBTQ plus relationship. That is so rude. I'm tired of that for the LGBTQ plus community. That sucks. I would hate to see it. That's what that's exactly what all of these companies are doing when they put out all that pride shit and then rescind it as soon as June is up. That's it's so ridiculous. And I want people to stop. Like if you are marketing sexuality in that way, it needs to end. It needs to end. We can't talk about queer bidding without talking about the dangers that come with it, right? Because I think some people think it's just like an innocent, I'm innocently posting a thirst trap. And if you happen to like it, then so be it. I'm innocently dressing in an androgynous way because I know that it's popular, but I'm a hundred percent straight and cisgendered. Those are the things where we think they're innocent, but they're not similar with blackfishing, where it's okay because you're a straight person and you can do these things because there will be no consequence to you where queer people are being targeted in violent ways for living their lives authentically. And therein lies the problem, right? Agreed. And I think that's really the problem. And that's the root of the issue is you can get away with these things because of your cis straight privilege where queer people oftentimes are killed for the same behavior and it's fucked up. You should not be able to do it. Similar with blackfishing Kardashians. I've said this all the time, them doing things like wearing boxer braids, AKA cornrows, or I don't know, having a big fat ass or having dark skin. Those are cute things because they're Kardashians. When black women do it, they're ghetto, they're unhirable. And it's like, it's unfortunate. And the parallels that you can draw between those two things are because they're damaging to the people who do not identify. Um, I, I absolutely completely agree with that. And I think it's most important to touch on what you said, Amanda, like this is not a trend. Like you queer baiting is something you can take off this group of people. This is them. And it's important for people to remember, stay in your fucking lane. If you are not part of that community. Part of being an ally is protecting the community by not putting it on and taking it off. And that is so rude that people are doing that. If you are such a wonderbred person and you don't have anything else interesting about you, that's your fucking problem. Go find a hobby. Go find something to make you interesting that is actually about you. I'm if you dead, have nothing. I'm dead. Sherry, <laughs> drag him. Where, drag that's, Priyanka Chopra's I have husband. to. You, yes, 
Well, he's he. First of all, he has like diabetes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love him, but I need him to stop doing this. You're a judge on the voice. Focus on that shit. Wasn't he a Christian? What happened? Like, focus on focus on all of that. You did not. No one asked you to queer bait. No one. So please stop. For me, when I if you're not being an ally and you are because the criticism is when it's time to speak up for that community, you hear nothing which is true. I have not heard anything from the Nick Jonas camp. If you were going to do all that, you got to be like Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X with that industry baby. Woo! I thought, I said, I am attracted to this man. I am attracted to this man and everything he does because, and he kind of reminds me of David Bowie. David Bowie walked so he could fucking sprint to the finish line. David Bowie and Prince. Yes. I love that he is so in tune with his femininity that it makes him more masculine. Like, oh my gosh, if I could be in a relationship with Lil Nas X, I would. I totally would. Because I know he would treat me right. And that's all I have to say about that. I want to real quick throw it back to Luca because I do think Luca is a topic that I think we could literally spend an entire episode talking about. But I will say just from my standpoint on... The specific issues surrounding Luca, I think what it comes down to is just like we were talking about before in our last segment. I think it's talking about acknowledgement. I think acknowledgement is important. Whether that was the intent or not, it is important to also exhibit the idea that like rather than shutting it down, saying if that's what you get out of it, then great. Like that's awesome. Like if it makes you feel like like represented and it gives you something like, I mean, for me, if I had seen Luca whenever I was a kid, this is where I objectively understand the concept of like, oh, I wanted to tell a story that was, you know, whatever you want to call it, pre-sexuality or whatever about a friendship. Well, maybe I don't know if the movie is ambiguous enough in a way that like the actual relationship between the two boys is not necessarily romantic, but it is a relationship. And it's something that we don't see often in kids' movies. And for me, something that I got out of that was like, it tells kids who maybe don't understand the concept of what being gay is that rather than like this coming of age story that we typically see with male centric stories that, you know, they end up with the girl in the end and they, they go through this coming of age and they become a man. And it's what it means to be a man. Luca says it's also okay to have male relationships. Like male relationships are okay. And it's okay to embrace your more feminine, your more flamboyant side. You don't have to be this like manly macho guy that's not part of that's not what being a man is and so for me there are little insinuations throughout the movie that definitely hint at the fact that there is a lot of queer conceptualizing happening within the movie that there are ideas that are presented and specific phrases that are stated that do immediately make you think of queer cinema and what we see in queer cinema, specifically in stuff like Call Me By Your Name. I think there's a lot of people have made a lot of connections between Call Me By Your Name and and Luca as like a kid's version, essentially. And I think, like I said, to bring it back, I think it's important for them to just acknowledge the fact that like that, whether it was intentional or not, that is a part of the movie. And that's a part of what it means to have male relationships as a boy. And that's okay. Like, it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You are you're wanted, you are normal. There is no problem with what you're doing and this relationship you have with another boy. And that should not be discouraged. Um, And so I think on that note too, like bringing up, going back to like Little Nas X and with what Amanda was saying about the dangers of queer baiting, I want to segue quickly into my sexuality for the week. And that is, we cannot have sexuality without talking about the shit happening with the baby right now. Um, and to, for anyone who's not aware of it, basically the baby was at a, at a music festival in Miami and during his set, I'm going to give the exact quote. He gets up on stage and he says, if you didn't show up today with HIV AIDS, any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases, that'll make you die in two or three weeks, then put your cell phone lights up. Ladies, if your pussy smells like water, put a cell phone light up. Fellas, if you ain't sucking dick in the parking lot, put your cell phone light up and keep it real. He is absolutely disgusting. Every time I see this clip, I'm enraged. Big fucking yikes. Um, 
for a variety of reasons uh, that some of them are self-explanatory, specifically that there's a lot of homophobic insinuations within that one statement. And his uh, quote unquote apologies have been absolute bullshit. He's getting dropped from everything as he should. T.I. came to his defense. And this is where it's going to segue to like the Lil Nas X that we were talking about. Fuck T.I. Who, who fucking cares about T.I.? Um, Doesn't he have like a human trafficking scandal going on? Girl, you have bigger things to also worry about. Time and uh, the gynecologist. He's yes. fucking nasty. Yes. Yes. Focus so, on your own shit, T.I. T.I. came out and he basically said like, and this, I don't have the exact quote, but to paraphrase, um, and if anyone needs to correct me, please feel free. But this is what he was saying. So basically said that, you know, if artists like Lil Nas X are going up and doing their thing, you've got to expect that people like baby are going to do the same stuff too. It's not hatred. Like, it's just, you know, they're saying what they believe. I'm like, here's my thing. Lil Nas X is not targeting and attacking people at a festival. Specifically on the, the homophobic shit aside on sexual health and on HIV and this insinuation that HIV makes you die in two to three weeks. And there's already all these stigmas with HIV. And it's something that I've noticed recently that a lot of heterosexual people are not educated on. They don't know much about HIV and they should because it affects them. But for instance, just to give like the sort of LGBT background, there is, uh, you know, the majority of, I don't know about the majority, but I know the majority of my friends, at least, and people in Atlanta, the gay community and the United States where it's accessible, many of them are on PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis. It is a drug that you take. You take it once a day. It is completely free. It's covered by uh, Gilead. You basically get a copay card and they give you the prescriptions for free. You stay on it. You take it every day. Your chances of getting HIV are next to none. Like you will not contract HIV. For people who have HIV, they also take a pill every day that makes them undetectable. Undetectable means untransmittable. You do not have a, have a viral load. So in essence, in the United States, we are, we are in a place where with drugs, we are passing and defeating the HIV epidemic. And for him to go up and make these statements is absolutely disgusting. It's completely ignorant. It continues to perpetuate this, uh, this idea that people, not only with HIV, but with STIs are disgusting. And it's the same exact problem that I have with the way that sex education is taught in the country, but specifically in Florida, the way that it was taught to me was essentially like abstinence advocation. And that like, you know, they get those people to come up and be like, gonorrhea ruined my life. And they have these PSAs. And it's like, here's the thing, like all of these any bacterial infections from STIs, you take some antibiotics and you clear it up. You are not disgusting. You are not less than. You are not unworthy. There is nothing wrong with you for being sexually active. And it's just absolutely disgusting that on a national stage like this, baby would go up and say the shit that he did and make a mockery of not only the people who have died in the past before the medical advances that we've had today, but we'll go up and like, God, like it's going to make me fucking emotional. It's, it's just, it's fucking disgusting. Like I can't, I can't even fathom like whenever I read like this shit that he was saying and like, now he wants to come on apologize for it. And it's like, no, he's like, Oh, I was like just feeling it in the moment I was up there. I was just like living it. And it's like, that's makes it worse. It may, you made the choice to say those things on stage, knowing that you are completely uneducated on it. You have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And like, please drop him from absolutely everything. Cut him off. Never listen to him. My whole situation with that. And this is what happens anytime celebrities just say shit. Mind your own fucking business. He literally didn't have to say any of that. And that's why you got yourself in trouble. I had nothing to do with what you were doing. It had nothing to do with your set. And it was done as, it was dumb as fuck. You put your yep. foot in your mouth and it was stupid as hell. I'm glad to see though, mm-hmm. because you know, the shade room's been posting about it. There are a couple of stupid ass black men that are running to his defense. I'm glad to see most of the people in the comments are saying what he did was wrong and he needs to be punished for it. And my favorite podcast host, Ira Madison the Third, said that the baby could be deported or deported. <laughs> and that shit cracked me up. That that shit cracked. He said that's one the baby that could be deported. 
I, oh. That's all I have to say on that. Okay. Oh my God. My Woo! sexuality for this week is also um, something that is completely outrageous and egregious. Matt Damon, and honestly, fucking outrageous. This is also in the same realm as celebrities just saying shit for no reason. Like, why did you even bring this up? Apparently, in an interview, <laughs> he shared that his daughter had to write a treatise basically explaining to him why the F slur, if you're not familiar with that term, I was not until this week, unfortunately, and now I wish I could wash my brain out so I didn't have to know what F slur meant. If you're not familiar with F slur, it is the most disgusting word that you can call a homosexual person. And apparently this man's daughter had to write him a letter, a treatise explaining to him why using this word is a problem. And in this interview, he says, yeah, I'm so thankful for my daughter because I haven't used it for months now. This man is now backpedaling and saying, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I don't actually use that word. It, I, it, I don't use it. I wasn't using it. I was just explaining to her how people from Boston, it was common in their vernacular. And that's all I was saying. I have so many problems with this. One, why the fuck did you bring this up? And two, teenagers don't just go to their rooms and write treatises because you tell them a story about what people used to say in Boston 20 years ago. You know you were using that word regularly, and that's why she had to school you. What This man, this asshole, is at different <laughs> calling people fags. Like, that is, you cannot Jack thinks so, too. <laughs> Jack is absolutely pissed. And guess what? I am, too. Whoop, whoop! Because what the fuck is that? <laughs> Your daughter's not writing you a two-page essay because you told her a story of what used to happen back in the day. Do I look dumb as hell? And the fact that he told on himself is so stupid. Why? This is like that time Liam Neeson came out and said, I was trying to stalk and kill a black man because I thought he raped my friend. This is literally it. When I read this article, that's exactly what popped into my mind because why are you so proud of telling this story? Why? We never needed to know, but you told us because you're so proud of yourself. Y'all remember when, like a couple months ago, whenever Papa John came out and he was like, yeah, you know, like I've been like in therapy to stop using the N word and to remove it from my vocabulary. <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker. Are you literally like, just stop saying it. Just stop saying it. It's that easy. <laughs> like, I what the fuck? And with Matt Damon, understand. it's like, your daughter wrote a two page essay. That to me says, she has told you verbally to stop saying that word before. And you haven't said anything about it. Like, and you just kept doing it. So she had to write a fucking, like, God, like a fucking thesis essay about why you should not say the word faggot and how it is inappropriate and how it's derogatory. Like, and how Shane is the only person on this podcast that has the opportunity to say the F slur because he is the only one that identifies with that community. That is the end of the discussion it is, I don't know what else there is to say. Why are we still having this conversation? Are you fucking dumb? Imagine yes. bragging to <laughs> a news publication. Imagine bragging to a news publication about the fact that you are 50 plus and you finally learned that using an F slur is bad. That's like saying, um, I finally don't want to torch a uh, cross on a black person's lawn. Um because I have rebuked my ways. Bitch, what the fuck? I, like, I was what? told that that was inappropriate. <laughs> it has come to my attention that I need to put away my white hood. That's exactly what that fucking I'm sounds dead. like. Not the white, I hood. Care the white hood. I have to say, <laughs> day after day, week after week, straight men are proving to us that they are the enemy and we must stop them at all costs. Unfortunately, I need them for selfish reasons. Like, honestly... I'll let you use your imagination. You know what I need them for. But other than that, I mean, why are they here? I just don't understand why. Sherry, you have something to say. She's raising her hand. No, I was just testing the feature. Oh, well, thanks, bitch. Well, with that, I guess let's go ahead and end the episode. You just killed my flow just now. I'm sorry. That was like when you ordered chicken wings last week and interrupted my royalty. (laughs) 
Anywho, I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'm loving the new segments. We wanted to keep it fun and fresh while still entertaining and talking about the things that we care about. Um, And you'll see more new segments from us this season, which is very exciting. And with that, three, two, one. We We out. out. (laughs) Once again, Shane is behind us. Oh, actually, Sherry, look at Sherry's thing. Yeah, Sherry, you're ahead of us, Mama. Like, that was not me. I have to sound my